a Lausanne update. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. The IOC Executive Board held its final meeting of the year in Lausanne this week. Nominations are being made for three new IOC members, including FIFA President Johnny Infantino and Tennis Federation President Dave Haggerty. The Executive Board okayed some of the logistics for the pending move of the marathons and racewalks to Sapporo from Tokyo next year during the Olympics. And we also have a good idea of where the 2024 Winter Youth Olympic Games will take place. On the scene for us in Lausanne this week, Brian Pinelli. He joins us from the Olympic City for a review of this week's developments. Hello, Brian. How's it going? Hello, Ed. Doing well after three days of executive board meetings here in the Olympic capital. Uh, it's been a, a little bit overcast, a little bit cloudy, but uh, you know, saw some sun yesterday and kind of a potpourri of events and topics discussed over three days by the IOC executive board with uh, uh, a pretty good turnout of media. Uh, yeah. including many of our, our Japanese friends, obviously, with Tokyo 2020 just around the corner. So uh, overall, I would say uh, a successful uh, three days of meetings for, for everyone. Yeah, I guess they were pretty excited to hear that there's a new IOC member from Japan on the list of, of nominees. Yes, absolutely. The Japan NOC president, Yasa. Hiro Yamashito and uh, Mr. Bach, when queried by the Japanese media about his qualities, he informed the Japanese, not that they didn't know, that Tokyo 2020 is right around the corner. So uh, why not have another uh, Japanese IOC member uh, and, and fittingly the, the president of the NOC? Right, because the uh, former president of the NOC was also a IOC member, executive board member, and uh, he, uh, he resigned earlier this year. So uh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a plus for Japan. Uh, but then more anticipated is uh, finally FIFA president returning to the IOC membership. Yes, finally as well. Gianni Infantino, 49-year-old Swiss leader of FIFA. And uh, yes, it, it, it seems appropriate that one of the largest federations, uh, albeit uh, that they've had their challenges and difficulties over years. So uh, he would be the, the second new IOC member if officially approved at next month's session, of course, in Lausanne, taking place during the Winter Youth Olympic Games. And member number three is David Haggerty from the United States, although he spends a lot of time in London these days. Yeah, David, the, the, the Tennis Federation president, also 62 years of age and uh, uh, maybe a little bit more influence for, for, for the United States uh, uh, there in the IOC. And, and just to note, as it, as I'm sure you very well know, if these three gentlemen are officially accepted uh, next month, it will bring the IOC membership to a total of 108 members. And it hasn't been that high in a, in a while because of the number of uh, retirees and uh, other circumstances uh, taking place that... Uh, um, Cut, cut the number of, of, of members on a regular basis. So that's uh, it's, uh, it's big to have an IOC that big, shall we say. Uh, one, other, one other question. Uh, uh, Sebastian Coe, president of World Athletics, just reelected to that post, um, still on the outside of the IOC. 
Yes, uh, Mr. Bach uh, mentioned after uh, introducing the other three gentlemen, he said, I know that everyone here, especially the, the British media, will ask, how come no Sebastian Coe? And uh, Bach reiterated, you know, a, a friend and, and potentially a deserving member, but, but Bach is, is, is the executive CSM, uh, sports marketing firm that works with various international federations and even has contracts or I should say relationships with stakeholders who have contracts with the IOC. So Bach said right now we, we cannot uh, put uh, Co forward. However, he said he is optimistic that if they can get this situation uh, ironed out, that, that Co could become an IOC member in the near future, maybe even in time for, for the session in Tokyo 2020 next summer. Yeah, if he doesn't make it at the uh, IOC session, well, it's too late to make it for the uh, session in January in Lausanne, but... Uh... Yeah, the possibility does exist that he could be elected at the uh, at the session that will be right a, just ahead of the Tokyo Olympics in July. Then the uh, 2024 Youth Olympics, uh, Winter Youth Olympic Games, uh, apparently headed to Korea, North and South Korea, perhaps. Perhaps, potentially, it would seem that there could be quite a few obstacles to overcome, but um, uh, President Bach did mention that they are South Korea is a leading candidate for the games uh, six years uh, after uh, obviously South Korea hosted Pyeongchang. So for the 2024 uh, Winter Youth Olympic Games, he said that they are open to a proposal uh, between North and South Korea to you know jointly organize and host these games. He said, you know, obviously it, it, it's a process and it seems like it would be a complex process, but he says the IOC is open to this possibility, which they would kind of leave, it seemed, if I understood correctly, kind of would leave up to, you know, South Korea to kind of kind of move forward and kind of, you know, broker this potential co-organization. And, and again, the IOC would back that if, if the two Koreas could, you know, come to terms on uh, everything that's involved. But it just seems like it would be a, a pretty large logistical challenge, but let's see. Yeah, it would be, seem to be, especially moving young people back and forth across this uh, the border with North Korea, uh, some countries not having uh, good relations with Korea. It does seem to have all kinds of complications. But if they're interested, as they have said, in a 2032 Summer Olympic bid that is a joint bid between uh, North Korea and South Korea, uh, this is the sort of exercise that they'd have to go through to see if that would work. Yeah, it would seem to be a necessary step, absolutely. And, you know, just one other note, a little bit interesting. Uh, these would be the first Winter Youth Olympic Games ever to take place in Asia after, of course, uh, three editions of uh, 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 in Europe, from, from Innsbruck to Lillehammer to, uh, obviously, Lausanne next month. Uh, we haven't mentioned they would be held in Gangwon Province, Pyeongchang, where the 2018 uh, Winter Olympics were held. And I guess this really goes to a question of uh, sustainability and legacy, being able to have an event like the Winter Youth Olympic Games uh, set up, teed up, and prepared by uh, a Winter Olympic Games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, would make sense. I mean, obviously, 
staying in a line with Olympic Agenda 2020 and the IOC's vision for future Winter Olympics, right? We don't want to build any new venues. So that would seemingly uh, be accomplished there with the Olympic Park in, in Pyeongchang. Let's just hope that if they do approve it, it's not quite as cold as those opening days that we <laughs> cold opening days that we witnessed at the beginning of Pyeongchang 2018 that even President Casper has, has even joked about on occasion. <laughs> well, they are winter games after all. Uh, we're talking with Brian Pinelli from Around the Rings. He's in Lausanne, Switzerland, covering IOC meetings this week of the executive board. Uh, still to come in Lausanne, a couple of other events to, to mention here. Uh, first of all, the Olympic Summit, which uh, it takes place Friday and Saturday in Lausanne. Closed to the media uh, it's an annual session that the uh, IOC president organizes with uh, key stakeholders, important federations, uh, the important NOCs of the world, in this case, China, United States, and Russia uh, are always in, invited to, to this meeting. Um, and it, uh, it begins on Friday, runs for two days. What more can we say about it? Well, the topics that are uh, potentially on the table, uh, obviously anti-doping, uh, good governance, uh, the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games, of course, uh, the IOC's uh, digital strategy, uh, obviously attended by also by vice presidents of the IOC, executive board meetings, and also representatives, of course, from RADA, WADA, including President Craig Reedy, uh, guests from the International Testing Association, and, and as you mentioned, you know, maybe an interesting dynamic there with, you know, obviously the, the head of the United States Olympic Paralympic Committee, Suzanne Lyons, the Russian NOC president, Stanislav Dyanikov, and, and Craig Reedy, obviously considering uh, a Monday's very important decision by WADA that, uh, that everybody awaits. Yeah, it is. It, it is a mess in, in Paris this week with uh, massive strikes underway, and the WADA executive committee was at one time to, to meet next Monday in Paris to uh, go over the compliance review committee report that they have on, on the Russian doping situation. But now it is in Lausanne, and uh, heavy sanctions potentially coming for Russia from, from this uh, investigation, this inquiry that uh, WADA has done into the test results that it received from, from Russia earlier this year. Um, the, the ruling or the, the findings of the Compliance Review Committee is that, well, the results just don't add up. They're falsified. They're manipulated. They, it's Im impossible to track back exactly what, what, they, what they mean, who they belong to, um, and people at WADA are, are pretty unhappy with it and are ready to lower the boom. Uh, what did uh, the IOC president have to say about how these sanctions, uh, a four-year program of sanctions, might apply to the IOC. Well, uh, Mr. Bach did say that it is, you know, mandatory that the IOC will accept whatever decision the executive committee of WADA comes up with on Monday. And, you know, in, in a way, maybe uh, in comparison to, you know, President Bach in, in recent situations, you know, that it doesn't seem like there was a, a major decision on his shoulders. He said, yes, we will comply and, and you know, agree with whatever WADA executive committee comes up with. The compliance 
review committee suggesting that the Russian flag and, and sport leaders, not necessarily all athletes, be banned for, for the next two Olympic Games. So, uh, you know, that, that was kind of what Bach had to say about it. Of course, uh, you know, as you might expect, his answer to, to many of the questions were, I will not speculate, I will not speculate, but uh, everyone, you know, ex excitedly anticipates uh, this decision, this decision on Monday to see if, if uh, the suspension of, of, of the Russian team that we saw in Pyeongchang uh, continues or, or, well, not continues, but is, is the case again for, for Tokyo and, and Beijing. Which would be even more, I, I think, uh, a more serious uh, set of sanctions than they had for the initial initial penalties coming out of uh, coming out of Sochi. Um, this week, uh, you mentioned uh, a good contingent of uh, colleagues from Japan covering the executive board meeting. There's a high interest in the Japanese media about all things Olympic, all things IOC, with the Games in Tokyo just uh, six or seven months away. Uh, obviously preoccupied with the move of the marathon from Tokyo to Sapporo. That was obviously the big news of the week, and uh, i get to that in one second. But I will say that I enjoyed over lunch having some conversations about the New York Mets and, and what they need to do in the future <laughs> with uh, with some of the Japanese journalists. Because, you know, it, it wasn't much of a topic this week because it seems like everything is in order. But uh, baseball at the Tokyo 2020 Games, it's uh, the excitement is palpable, Ed. So after, uh, you know, a couple days of discussing this, obviously, this uh, important move, of the marathon and race walks from Tokyo to Sapporo. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of excitement about baseball. It was nice to get away from that, but no, the big news, obviously that they have confirmed uh, the dates and the times for both Tokyo marathons, men and women's and the three race walking events. Uh, the five events will be held over four consecutive days on the, at the back end of the Olympics, obviously for logistics purposes. And, 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 you know, so, so there's not a gap there in, in Sapporo, uh, men's marathon on the final day, starting at 7am, which was initially the time scheduled for Tokyo before they brought it up to 6am. And, and that's also the case, of the ladies marathon, uh, as far as the route, they said they've confirmed the first half of the route, a 20 kilometer loop. Um, that's, that's also been used before for, for races there in Sapporo. So no problem with that. Um, they still need to confirm for, for a variety of, uh, uh, reasons, the second part of the route, but, you know, Christoph Duby informed, uh, uh, you know, that this has happened pretty smoothly. He said, we have, you know, taken a little bit of flack with a quick decision, but he said, we have consulted with world athletics and, you know, and, and the organizing committee and, and everything's on track. And, uh, you know, with an early start time, they said we can even get athletes back to the to the closing ceremony, men's marathon, men's marathoners, if they, they choose, they want to, you know, uh, attend the, the closing ceremony there in Tokyo. So it seems uh, all, all systems are go for uh, for these five events uh, moved to Sapporo, obviously, because of uh, Tokyo's sweltering summer heat. Yeah. Um, your first this is your first visit to the uh, new IOC headquarters in Lausanne. It opened. In June, uh, the executive board has already had one meeting there, but this is your first time to to cover a meeting at the uh, at the new headquarters there. How was it? It was nice, Ed. An uh, enjoyable couple of days there at the the beautiful new uh, five floor, I believe, facility. Uh, very open, uh, you know, plenty of light, and we, we we did take a tour. I believe it was uh, yesterday, and uh, 
you know, just kind of the, the mentality is that, you know, not everyone has their own desk. They encourage the IOC employees to pick a different desk every day. Of course, clean up your desk from the night before and then and then choose a, another desk. So you interact, obviously, with uh, many different people. You're not always sitting next to next to one peer um, on the third floor. Naturally, is Pierre de Coubertin's uh, original desk, so uh, you can you can walk by and I believe even sit down and do some work there. But um, you know, as everybody tells you, a very sustainable, very eco friendly, um, a, a beautiful new building, just despite the cost. Wasn't it amazing to see that on Pierre de Coubertin's desk, he even had, you know, USB ports so that he could plug in his laptop. No, no, he did not have a laptop, Ed. I do not believe you. I'm going to research this one. <laughs> Even though he was a man ahead of his time, obviously. Um, you know, we've mentioned the uh, Winter Youth Olympic Games. We have not touched on Lausanne 2020, the Winter Youth Olympic Games coming there to the Olympic capital in just about one month from now. Uh, any any. Any signs that that event is uh, on its way here to Lausanne? There are. There are signs. Um, everybody this week has really kind of talked about uh, some of the leaders from Lausanne 2020 organizing committee just about uh, the interaction and, you know, obviously the, the youth of Switzerland that will benefit uh, 75% of, of school children in the area uh, apparently will, will attend events. Uh, there are nice, nice flags down by the waterfront in Lausanne. Um, they just released the new official song of the Lausanne 2020 Winter Youth Olympic Games. They said, uh, you know, many many of uh, the events in arenas, obviously the ice hockey and and figure skating and, and opening ceremony at, at the new hockey arena uh, in Lausanne are are sold out. And uh, you know, they they encourage uh, obviously people to come out and, and check out some of the the ski events there in Lausanne. Uh, they'll, they'll share uh, venues with, with France just over the border, the Nordic Combined and, and ski jumping events. So, um, you know, there is an excitement in the area. And, you know, the, I guess the only challenge is it is a busy time in the winter sports schedule. Obviously, right, you have World Cup, uh, you know, alpine and freestyle and snowboarding and, and everything across the board. Uh, you know, mostly different athletes, but um, you know, it's, it's it is a tight spot in a in a busy winter sports ca uh, calendar. But between coverage on the Olympic Channel and uh, the various rights holding broadcasters, uh, everyone uh, says it will be the, the you know the most seen, the most viewed, and and the largest in 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 terms of um, you know people witnessing uh, these these third Winter Youth Olympic Games. So uh, yeah, excited for that. There is a there is a good feeling uh, in the air. All right, Brian, thanks a lot for joining us on Around the Rings Radio today, and uh, thanks for reporting from, uh, from Lausanne for us this week. Thank you, Ed. It's been a pleasure. And thanks for joining us on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula, your best source of news about the Olympics for more than 25 years, aroundtherings.com.